from Cape Town. This is the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM. The three months of Rajab, Shaban and Ramadan are unmatched in their importance. Ibn Rajab used to say, the year is like a tree. The days of Rajab are its seeds. The days of Shaban are its branching. And the days of Ramadan are wherein its fruits are reaped. The reapers are the believers. Let us utilize this month to help not only propel us into Ramadan, but also to maintain and increase in taqwa throughout the year. The Cape Rajab Good evening, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. I'm always ecstatic to speak with you, to be in your company, to visit you in your homes, and especially now in the time of lockdown where it is much more difficult for us to be face to face and, and to be directly personally in each other's company. But you know, we are um, in each other's company in a different way and we connect via our hearts and and it's just such a gift from Allah. I, You know, when I think of radio the other day, it was World Radio Day and I was just thinking, oh my word, you know, VOC has been around for such a long time with us and many people have come and many people have left us and many people are still with us and but mostly I was thinking about our listeners who have been loyal listeners and wonderful and have become our family and our friends and have become so close to us and you know that is just super special alhamdulillah for us we we are grateful for radio and we are grateful for each other alhamdulillah so just a little bit of information in terms of what we're going to be doing in um the program this evening we will continue with you know we have basically a two program series almost in which we wanted to focus on mental health on stigma um you know in relation to the fact that at times we lose our loved ones through suicide and it's an extremely extremely sore way of losing a loved one and creates a lot of trauma and and inner you know inner conflict and there's there's such a lot that goes on when we lose a loved one in that way and i think we're wanting to um 
speak about how important it is for us, particularly for people who are suffering from mental health um, illnesses and diagnoses and diseases. You know, we want to speak directly with them. We want to speak to the family and the friends and the carers and the supporters of these people, you know, albeit you're a colleague or a neighbor or a family member or a loved one, um, to be supportive and to, and to speak a little bit about when Allah gives illness. And so one of the things that I feel and I, f I, I feel extremely passionate about is the fact that very, very often and up till today, there are still a lot of people who regard um, illness as only physical illness, but they don't um, acknowledge and accept um, and work with mental illness. And so me mental illness and people suffering from mental illness do not always get support, do not get empathy, um, do not get um, a safe place for them to reach out for help because they are stigmatized and they are made to feel that they are bad or they are weak or they are ungrateful or they have weak iman, etc. And so it is very very hard and because i'm a mental health practitioner i see this i see the tears i see the pain i see the sore hearts you know i see the i see the reaching out i see the overwhelmedness you know of how people feel and so tonight we want to focus on how islam sees when allah gives illness to a person, how Islam sees, you know, when in relation to illnesses, um, the focus on and, and the role that sabr plays, acceptance plays, um, there's healing in the remembrance of Allah. So that, you know, the role that that uh, that it plays as well. So we'll look at sabr um, and we will also look at that Allah is such a forgiving Allah and Allah says that Allah promises Allah forgives everything when we turn to Allah sincerely and so the hopefulness of that inshallah we'll be touching on that so that tonight I, I just so wish that we bring to you a program of hope inshallah and of hopefulness and never giving up in the hope of Allah, inshallah. And so that part of the program will take place after Maghrib and I will be presenting that program together with Sheikh Dafir Najjar who will give us the aspect, the Islamic aspect on those matters. And so inshallah that will happen after Maghrib. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Good evening, Khianand, Mulweni, and a hearty welcome to this part of the Shahida Kali show. It's wonderful to have this part of the show because it's very close to my heart. And of course, I have the pleasure and honor to welcome to my program Sheikh Dafir Najjar. Sheikh, Assalamualaikum, and welcome to the program. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and thank you shukran so uh, shayda Sheikh, so shukran so much, you know, for sharing your evening with us and um, 
for you to share your knowledge of Islam and Sharia with us. So in the last while, there's been a lot of focus on mental health illness and people um, still struggling to acknowledge that, you know, you have mental health diseases. There's a lot of stigma um, when people have mental health illness, then they're often made to feel that they're bad and they're weak and they have very weak iman, etc. And they don't trust Allah and they're not grateful, etc. So they're mournful. And what I really would like to ask Sheikh is to start the program by speaking about how does Islam see illnesses, albeit physical or mental illness. What's Islam's position? Um, how do we understand illness? Um, Sheikh, please, if you can start there for me. Yeah. Rahim, alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulihi sallallahu alayhi wasallam wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa ba'd. Allahumma la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana. Allahumma zidna ilma warzukna fahma ya rabbal alameen. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh to the dear listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape and good evening. After we praise the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, peace and blessings unto our beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his friends, and all those who follow him. Shaida and our listeners, I would like to start off with the ayat at the beginning of Surah Tabarak, which I assume that many of your listeners will know by heart. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, Glory be to Allah, in whose hands is the control, the dominance of this world and of the entire life. And He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is powerful over everything. Now, this is the next point is a very important point not that others were not important but on what we want to focus on what your question was now then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us remember he says he's powerful over everything but here he makes exception by speaking about the creation of life and the creation of death. And he tells us the purpose of that. And why is it like that? To test or to see who of you are the individuals with the best of action. Now looking at from that, how do we understand it there? It virtually means from this ayah, and of course various other ayahs and hadith, there will come a test so that we can see how we are connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, to the, my humble submission from your question then, when we find obstacles like ailments or whatever physical disability we have, it is not a reflection of that we are bad or we are not good in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, Allah tells us then, what is the purpose of your situation? It is simply to see how powerful you are connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on top of that, what we look at here when Allah ends this ayah of by saying, azizul ghafur, and Allah is most powerful and He is ghafur. So, even through that, Shahida, through your question that a person feels, like you have mentioned, he feels a bit weak, he feels he's not well connected to Allah. Yeah, Allah tells us even, to my humble submission, we believe Allah is most powerful 
But in the same time, if we have that thought like that, let us come Allah and ask him for forgiveness because he is Al-Ghapoor, subhanAllah. Meaning, if we look at wholesome this ayah, the purpose of our creation, Allah is the one that created life and death. He is the one that's going to test us. But in the same time, if we have the thoughts, the way you have questioned it, let it be known that Allah is Al-Ghafoor. You can come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Connect yourself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And indeed, that is basically uh, 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 what Allah wants us to do. So we are going to be tested. We are going to feel, call it whatever ailments we may call it. And you know, let us do it the other way around by saying what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam When Allah loves a slave, he will test him. Subhanallah. So that is, can be an indication that Allah does not reject you, but rather Allah loves you. And that is the way one has to look at this. So the greater your iman, the greater will be the test. And here is where Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an, he said something very beautiful also. He said, كُلَّمَا كَانَتْ أَعْظَمْ He said, the more the tests and the challenges is great, is big. Then he says, then your reward by Allah will be equally, meaning will be also big. Allah will reward you abundantly. And from that particular understanding, now we can only see that that is a love from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with that, He loves you for two, and He wants to give you two things here. One is, which I want to, we will we'll speak about that after we discuss this, about the sabr, the reward of that. Inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then here, if we look at that, two things. That is a demonstration of love. When it tests you the way, we, in the question that you have asked. And because he loves you, he wants to give you the greatest of reward. Hence, the test will be great. So from that particular understanding then, is... That Allah loves you, subhanallah. And this reminds me of my late father, Allah Rahamu. When you ask him, how are you, when he was a bit not so well, then he used to answer me personally, and he say, you are jealous for me. He said, Alhamdulillah, but you are jealous for me. And when my mom used to ask him, what do you mean he's jealous for you? Then he will say, he knows, ask him. Then I will tell my mom, this is exactly what we are speaking here tonight. If Allah makes you sick, it's an indication, a sign that he loves you. Because he wants to reward you. And on top of that, he wants to clean you from your sins. He wants to purify you. So if Allah takes you, He takes you while you're pure because of the sabr that you have demonstrated while He has tested you. Subhanaka Ya And Sheikh, I'm, I'm intervening. I just want to ask a question. So, you know, many people who are experiencing and particularly mental health illness um, are being judged by others. So others make very harsh 
comments and others discourage them and others make them feel bad. Could you please speak about that and perhaps speak about the behavior of, you know, when we do that to those who are not well and, you know, how we can, how we should understand it and how we should support those who are not well also from an Islamic uh, perspective, please? Welcome back. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And so we back again from our ads and we interrupted a little bit the conversation with Sheikh. So Sheikh, I just wanted to ask you, um, just before we took the break, I wanted to ask you, there are sometimes people who pass terrible judgment um, on those who are experiencing mental health, um, you know, illnesses. And this makes them feel very, very bad. And I just wanted Sheikh to speak, to please speak about um, how does one encourage people not to say things that are hurtful to others who are already experiencing an illness. An illness, please. Yeah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I think, Shahida, what is first important, let us look to that person first. And the test that comes with it for their families that got that mental illness, then we should be the other way around. We should be jealous. And, and why do I say this? Remember we spoke about, uh, just before this, about the ailments. If there is people with ailments, it's a sign that Allah loves you. But this one in particular, if we look to that person himself that got this mental illness, automatically that person is from Jannah already. I always say that there is a child, for an example, that got mental illness, a child that's already in Jannah that's walking on this dunya. Now just imagine that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has afforded this child to be a child of Jannah that will take their parents to Jannah because of the sabr. And this is where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said إِذَا رَضَ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ خَيْرًا تَلَى If Allah wants good for people, they put this test to them. And this is also a test which you are referring to. But then the Nabi Sallallahu said something very beautiful. And he says, Inna fil jannati manzilatan la yablughaha abdun illa bi'ibtila fi jasadihi. said, verily, in Jannah, there is a place in Jannah, no one will reach it except the individual that has been tested with his by his body, meaning the ailment at his body, the mental health, for an example. So this tells us that, that this person already got a place in Jannah because of that test. Now I want to add on this by saying, that person, the day of Qiyamah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him to go or her to Jannah, they will sit. They will say, and Allah will tell them three times, go to Jannah. They will sit. And the third time, when Allah says, what is there, that, why don't you go to Jannah? These are the children that will say, oh Allah, our mother and our father. And Allah will say, 
to that child. Khudu, take your mother, take your father and go to Jannah. Subhanallah. Now I come back and I say to myself, isn't this the child that we ought to be proud of and speak highly of this child in the family? Because this is already a child of Jannah that Allah has blessed me and you to touch and request the child to make dua for us instead. And you know, when we have that and do that to a person and speak kindly to a person, that in itself is a reflection of what we all know about a kind word to say to a person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in His glorious Qur'an. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullah wa koolu qawlan sadeedah. Allah addressed us as believers. And I think this ayah is very appropriate to what your question is here, Shahida. Where Allah says to us, O oh, you who believe, ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, attaqullah. Know your responsibility to Allah. But after Allah speaks taqwa, Allah says, وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا sadida," And He commands us to say a kind word. Now, what is very important here, Shahida and our dear listeners, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after He speaks about taqwa here, He did not say make salah. He did not say give zakat or perform hajj. But he says, وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا sadida," And say a kind word. Meaning, that if we say a kind word to a person, it will reflect the level of our taqwa. And with that, listen to what Allah says then immediately after that, وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا sadida," يُسْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ Through that kind word that we are saying, our entire a'mals, our salahs, our this, our zakat, our hajj, will then be of the level of a pious, will be righteous. As if Allah is telling us, our salah and our ibadah can never be correct or can never be righteous if we are not saying kind word to a person. So meaning... If we make a mockery of a person like this, or make comments, then we have to look at our ibadats, how that is affected. Because here Allah says, وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ And after we said that word in our a'mals is on the level of piety, only then, يَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Allah will forgive our sins. Subhanallah. Now look at that ayah. If we look at that ayah in Bible the way it is understood, then we say, will our deeds be forgiven if we do not say a kind word to a person? Will our amal, our salah, and our zakat, our hajj be correct if we do not be kind, say a kind word? Yeah, in particular to the mental uh, people or to the parents of those or family of those individuals. Look how Allah connects our amal to that, subhanAllah. يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا And whoever obey Allah and His Messenger, meaning we have the taqwa and we are people that is righteous, Wanting to speak nice to people. What does it cost us? That reflects then our obedience towards Allah and our obedience towards the Rasul. And that is where Allah then says, Indeed, that individual then had a great success or a victory. So in other words, if you really look at that, what you are questioning is, Sayyidah, uh, uh, as if our amah is connected to our action, our character, and hear the kind words, subhanAllah.
Inshallah. May Allah guide us, inshallah, that we always have kind words to others and particularly those whose hearts Amin are Yara. sore. Amin we need to inshallah. take commercial news, Sheikh, but I just want to ask the question now already for you to hold the thought. I, I'm asking, are we allowed to be sad? Please, but we'll take your answer after the break, inshallah. Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Sheikh Tafir Najjar. We're focusing on goodness, speaking good words, um, particularly to people who are not well. And in our case, we're talking about mental illness, mental diseases, and when people suffer from it. And against the background that sometimes people are denied compassion and support and encouraging words and hopefulness, inshallah, we're hoping to change that with this uh, conversation, inshallah. So I continue, and, and just before the break, I asked Sheikh the question, are we allowed to be sad? Please, Sheikh. Yeah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Shaida, if we look in history, before we go any further, we will find that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself became sad. When? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yeah, in particular, took one of his sons away when his son was very young, by the name of Ibrahim. Of course, there was other sons also like uh, Qasim, etc., that passed on when they were very young. And when Allah took his son by the name of Ibrahim, he said that moment in time, Inna al-ayna latudma, Verily, the eye will shed a tear. Wa inna al-qalb And verily, the heart will become sad. Wa inna ala firaqika ya Ibrahim lamahzunun. And indeed, with your departure, O Ibrahim, his son, that Allah took away, we are very sad, we are sad. But what is very important here, he says, we do not say anything except that satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So from that, we can understand the human factor there ought to be sadness. The Nabi was sad. And with that also, Shahida and our dear listeners, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi it is reported that he kada Nabi sallallahu if anything makes him sad, he used to go and make salah, two rakats. In other words, he connect himself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this reminds me with the ayah. Now, we understand it's human nature. There will be sadness. Here the Nabi taught us when he lost his son, he was sad. But in the same time, he also taught us what to do when we are, going, when we are sad. And I think that is also a very important aspect. Yeah. So we do not say... Except what Allah, what satisfy Allah. And this is where Allah also say in His glorious Quran. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا Verily those who say Allah is our Lord. ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا Then they do good things. They, they are what Allah wants them to do. Yeah, in this particular scenario, the Nabi went to make salah. When something made him sad. So meaning, when we say Allah is our Lord, 
and we are a bit sad. Then we go make salah, do something good. Then Allah says, Oh beautiful, فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَهُمْ Then the moment we do that, that fear will be gone and also that sadness will go away. So from that understanding, like I said, Shahida and our dear listeners, there is sadness. The Nabi was sad. But the beauty for me here is the Nabi tells us what to do. The Quran tells us what to do when there is sadness. And that is indeed where even the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said, You shed a tear and this heart becomes sad. But in the same time, وَلَا نَقُولُ مَا يُسْخِتِ اللَّهِ But we do not say which makes Allah angry. And I think that in itself then yeah. tells us there is sadness within Islam. But like I say, the beauty of our religion is how do we treat that sadness. And you know, there is a famous ayah or, or rather dua of our illustrious leader Muhammad Sallam, where he says, Allahumma la sahla illa ma da'altahu sahla. Oh Allah, nothing is easy except what you make easy. Wa anta tad'alul huzn. And you make something that is said, Ya Allah, when you want to make it easy. So make it easy, whatever sadness we experience. Inshallah, inshallah. How beautiful. Sheikh, I also wanted to ask you, very often or every now and then, we find that with mental illness and especially depression or so, sometimes people feel um, that they are not good enough, that they cannot ask for forgiveness, that they feel guilty about some things that they might have done um, in the past and therefore it then takes them to a place where they feel very hopeless and helpless. Please could you speak with us about Allah's forgiveness and also holding on to the hope of Allah and the mercy of Allah, please. Yeah, Bismillah, Sayyidah, you know, I want to take the example of Fir'aun. Why do I want to take that example, Sayyidah? It is simply Fir'aun, like we all know, committed the biggest crime humanity can commit in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. He's the one that says, Ana rabbukumul a'la. I am your highest of Lord. Subhanallah. But what did Allah tell Nabi Musa alayhi salam to do? Remember having in mind that he is the person that, you know, uh, created the, the, or, or committed the biggest crime in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Nabi Musa and his brother, Idhaba ila Fir'aun, innahu tagha. Go to Fir'aun as indeed he is transgressed. Now, look at the word para, innahu para. He everything that you can think of, of not small crimes, of big crimes. Fir'aun was the one that has plotted to kill children, babies, isn't it so? We all know the story of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. He plotted to kill any newborn that comes from Bani Israel at that time. He's the one that says, Ana Rabbukum, I am your highest of Lord. There's no other Lord except me. But yet Allah instructed Nabi Musa and his brother Harun alayhi salam, go to Fir'aun. But what must we do? Fakula lahu kawna Say unto, speak to him mildly, kindly. Don't be harsh unto him. Yeah. Perhaps he will come to back 
and he will humble himself. Here in this ayah, my humble submission is Allah still gives Fir'aun that hope to come back. And hence, we must never despair if Allah could speak to Fir'aun like this or instructed Nabi Musa to go and speak to Fir'aun like this. How will Allah not be to us as his followers, as his believers? Yeah. Hence we find the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al-Amal rahmatu li ummati. Hope is a mercy for my ummah. So we must never despair irrespective how big is our sin. And that famous ayah, very famous ayah, before I go there, Shahira, yes, I want to go to the brothers of Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam. Okay, Chef. I just can I quickly yes. can I quickly intervene? I sure. just want to say that I've received one or two quite important questions that have come through that I really would like to ask Sheikh. So just so that you know, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look at the, the brothers I mean? of, of, of Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam. Yes, Sheikh. We all know how they plotted against Nabi Yusuf, right? And on top of that. We all know what happened to his brother, Bunyamin. They came to tell lies to their father. But when Nabi Yusuf was sitting around table with his brothers that plotted to kill him, what did he say to them? When they came to realize that it's Yusuf, he said to them, لا تغرب عليكم اليوم يغفر الله لكم وهو أرحم الراحمين Today there's nothing on you. No revenge today. May Allah forgive you as he is the most merciful. These same words, if I take you back to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi when the Nabi made, prior to making the hijrah, there was a plot against him to kill him also. Like we all know the history. 40 young strong men of Makkah were standing in front of his house. If he comes out, he wanted to kill him, finish him off. And you all know when the Nabi stood on the borders of, of, of Makkah, that particular evening, while he's crying, he said, Makkah, innani a'lamu annaki ahabbu ardilallah, falawla qawmi akhrajuni minki ma kharajtu minki abada. Oh, Makkah, I know you are the most beloved. Grounds to Allah. If it was not that my people removed me from you, I would have never left. Remember, it was not removing rather it was they wanted to kill him after 10 years when he came back to Makkah what did he tell them when they questioned him what are you going to do mother what are you going to do with us listen to the Nabi to those people that plotted to kill him they threw him out of his birthplace he said I say to you what my brothers, what the Yusuf, my brother Yusuf has said to his brothers, La there's no uh, revenge unto you, there's nothing unto you today. May Allah forgive you all. Now that gives us then hope, Sayyida. Yeah. Where Allah speaks about whatever our sins is. Yeah. Remember, this was for non Muslims. This was people that wanted to kill the Nabi. He said to them that, May Allah forgive you. Where Allah now speaks to us in the Quran, Say, O Muhammad, to my slaves, those have committed crime, say to them, Don't despair of the mercy of Allah. Why? No matter how big your sin is, no matter how many sins you got, listen to what Allah says in that same ayah. Why must we not give up hope? Inna Allah yaghfiru dhunuba jami'a is verily Allah forgives every sin. He used the term jami'a. He didn't say some. He said every sin. If we ask Allah to forgive us. And you know, I want to say this hadith before we come further to you, Sayyidah. Yeah. Min sa'adatil mar'i 
ayyatulu amru wa hasuna amaluhu wa yarzukuhu al-inaba the most joyous thing the most joyous thing for me and for you as a muslim for all of us is when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us to love and he has granted us to do kind things good things and he has afforded us the opportunity of al-inaba and al-inaba is to come back to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask him for forgiveness that is the joyous thing that can be happen, can be happen with with us subhanallah and from that then we never despair we never give up hope in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you come one step to allah allah come 10 steps towards you inshallah inshallah Amen, much much hope ya rabbi sheikh i've received messages so um and i think i almost want to group the messages in two groups that because there're quite a few that have come through but you know the they kind of have the same type of um message or question that they asking so the one is answer, if they are children with mental health yes. and um and she has described them so beautifully as jannatis and we're talking about smaller ones children non mukallaf children and there are you know some of them would have down syndrome some of them would have have ADHD and so on but sometimes um you know they are parents make decisions and sometimes they uh participate in what others might frown upon in terms of they are in competitions beauty competitions etc and i don't i mean i don't want to be so specific but i just want to say when sometimes parents are um guiding children and when when can almost say generally speaking you know how would islam give guidance to those parents and here we talking particularly also um of children who are as you describe them islam sees them as jannatis because they have mental health conditions they could even have adhd etc so just your guidance on that please and even adults there's a message that came through where um the mommy or the dad had had uh, messaged and said my child has bipolar disorder which is an adult now and some days she will recite two juice in of one and another day she'll really you know behave in a very unacceptable behavior and we know that sometimes this is how the illness presents itself and i would like to encourage um this parent to get her to a psychiatrist so that they can medicate and help her to have lead a much more balanced and calmer life inshallah but in the essence the question that i'd like for sheikh to focus on firstly is guidance for parents who have children with mental illness who are children of jannah how to hone that how to look after them how to protect them from decisions that are, that might not be the better or the most um beneficial for these children please sheikh Yeah, Shaina, and, and I think we have something like um 4 minutes over in the program. It is not so shaybani case but be that as it may. I think Shaina what is very important for me uh, right? It is first of all as a parent we are proud that this is a jannati, a child from jannah. So automatically you know like I will say is that we should have the child close to our heart. and do not burden the child beyond the capacity or the ability of that child for that matter and that will go for any child and that will go for any person for that matter la yukallifu llahu nafsan illa wus'aha allah will not burden you with something that you cannot do yeah this child got ability in a certain thing that he cannot do so from that particular angle we cannot treat him as a normal child And I think this is where you as a clinic psych- clinical psychologist and the psychologist will come in how to handle that particular children because you cannot you know make the child equal to the other normal children and coming back to the ailments that you have mentioned and I think you gave the right advice take 
take them to the necessary people so that they get the necessary medication for that matter. But what is also very important for me here, Saida, is that how can we help one another? And I tell you, why do I say this, Saida? Because if we can be there for one another, that's a reflection that Allah loves you also even. Because the Nabi says, إِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِأَبْدٍ خَيْرًا إِسْتَعْمَلَوا لِقَضَاءِ حَوَائِجِ النَّاسِ If Allah wants the best for you, He uses you to see to the need of people. Subhanallah. And I think from that particular understanding is, when we look to that child, what is the need for that child? That need is different from the other needs. And the schizophrenic child, a child also which you're referring to, let us treat the child accordingly, mashallah. Like you say, when it's normal, the child recites two Jews. That's a reflection of the inability and the inside of the child, mashallah. So the child needs help, and we must go to the rightful people so that we can treat the child accordingly, inshallah. Inshallah, Sheikh. Unfortunately, we have to conclude our program because we are just about at the time to go into the Waqt of Isha. I just yeah. want to say shukran so much. We have had so many messages that came through that said shukran for a beautiful program. So shukran Inshallah. and assalamu alaikum. Shukran and wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you. So here, that concludes this part of the program. I've been speaking with Sheikh Dafir Najjar, and what a beautiful program, mashallah. Mashallah, may Allah accept. May Allah accept the du'as. May Allah accept our programs. I just want to say to all the people who have sent through messages, inshallah, I will answer them in my program next week. Inshallah, I will. I have the messages on my phone, and I will. I will answer them in my program next week. From Isha Hidakali, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and look after yourselves. Inshallah.